Welcome back to the Fireside Gaming Podcast, which we're kind of figuring out here and there, per se. Today's a little bit different. No guests. Going back to a little bit of the older format here. Hoping to be reading some of the questions in chat from some of the supporters. These are recorded live with my supporters on these wonderful Friday mornings. Um, this week is pretty interesting. We had, let's see, a little bit... Actually, no, I don't even think we made it to PUBG this week. Jeez, dude. All right, well, it was mostly uh, Apex Legends, which is kind of in an interesting state at this point for me because of how much I've actually been playing it. It's kind of been a lot uh, <laughs> as of late, but I feel like my expertise is getting so much better. I actually talked about this a little earlier in the week with... Um, I think it was a support. I was just talking about this, but I think it was an exclusive stream that I did on this as well. Uh, which was kind of like talking about how I've been practicing, how I've been aiming a lot of my shots. A lot of it, especially for Apex, has been the recoil control, trying to figure out how to do that and how to manage it, as well as, uh, you know, like the flick shots. This has been something I've been struggling with. I even talked about it a little with Acolyte and that how to aim podcast, but like, going for practicing quick flicks rather than, uh, you know, trying to specifically line something up and hit it. It's been a very different process for me, but I've been trying to warm up with that prior to the stream and just sticking with Apex has definitely helped. The other thing, though, that we did play was Sea of Thieves. Finally, they dropped their huge update, which is kind of like, I was definitely waiting for, and it's, I kind of wish that it had already been here, but we got to play it. We got to see what it was like. They added a multiplayer mode, which is a little rough off the initial launch. I did get to play it. It was fun. The biggest thing that for me was that it actually brought people together in the ships, which was like, whenever I played Sea of Thieves, it was always me just floating around looking for people to see, looking for people to run into, and it was just it's such a such a pain we would spend an entire stream just looking for anybody to interact with and then we wouldn't have anything so it was pretty fun playing sea of thieves some yolo on the sea of thieves chat saying listen we did try uh yolo on that once yolo on apex as well hunter yeah listen we ch i'm gonna be trying to do more of that it's kind of figuring how i can best fit that into the into the game and get people's reactions from it this is where, like, we actually had, I think, some of the best game interactions in Sea of Thieves. I have a video that's going to be coming on that. But we had some of the best interactions that I've experienced in a long time on Sea of Thieves because it literally put 12 people together in a room and you could all talk to each other. And there was in-game chat. Like, so many games now, you can't do that. They took out just a general chat even like in PUBG you can no longer just have like a general chat at least for the first minute of the game that's still in there PUBG is still one of the better games and it's understandable because there was a lot of problems with it too that's the thing is they're fixing a lot of these problems of people that troll in different ways besides how I do it they're making it so less people can talk less people can interact um, and some of the interactions were so good on that game that it was pretty damn fun to play it like we had the pre-game lobby and the post-game lobby, this room where you could talk with all the other people that you're going to be playing against. And they had, like, little things that you can interact with with it, like a little mega horn, a hot tub, and some 
stupid stuff, but uh, I actually really liked how the arena was set up. Then they added like fishing and a couple things into it, which were kind of interesting, but they weren't um, they weren't super compelling for me. I think to go back to it, I do think a lot of people are going to be super happy with it because it does give so much more to the game, and I think the Sea of Thieves players are really going to be happy with it. But um, I'm usually chasing a little more adrenaline. <laughs> I should say, with my live streams and, and uh, some of my content, as well as with the reactions and everything as well. So am I still going to be playing that as much? I'm not 100% sure. There is another new game, though, which I had seen some requests for. Uh, we actually raided X-Factor yesterday as well, another great creator on the platform, uh, and, you know, overall, he, he, he's he been posting great content everywhere for a long time, good player, but he was talking about, I think this was the game he was talking about, and it's something that I had even been talking about with Acolyte and some of the other guys that I play with, and I think it's going to be what we play today, called Morda, I think that's how you say it, I've never actually heard anybody say it, and my pronunciations aren't the best, if any of you guys have, <laughs> you know, seen me, um, read your names in the past during the streams. But it is like a medieval game. Let me see if I can pull it up. Morda install. I needed to get this installed for today. I have I have not really I've seen a few things of it. It actually reminded me a lot of For Honor, which is kind of uh, a game that I still semi follow. I like to watch some gameplay on it every now and again now and again. It's kinda of like me with um with what is it? World of Warcraft. I just kind of go back and just enjoy from a spectator perspective because I don't want to get into it too much. But this is going to be a sword fighting game or like, I don't know, medieval sword fighting, crossbows, you know, type. I guess it's a battle royale, but there's also other game modes in it too. It looks pretty interesting. And so I think we'll check it out today. Philip says it's super broken. That's kind of a concern for me, so maybe we only play it for an hour or two and then move on. It looks painful to play. Other chats, Jonathan said. Yikes, dude. All right, well, we might still try it out. The thing is, is like a game like For Honor is so polished with their mechanics and everything, and now it's been out for a while, so it's, it's something that's kind of hard to compete with. And any of these, I'm pretty sure this is an early access type thing as well. I, like I said, I haven't looked into it that much yet. That's what we're going to be doing today. But, uh, you know, they have maces and, yeah, battle axe too. Looks cool, Chris says. I mean, it looks like a cool game. How well is it going to run? How well is it going to work? Is this going to be something that's like an early access PUBG or Daisy or whatever? Might be a big yikes coming from it. Um, sword play looks super complicated. I did watch a couple videos last night of like, how do you deal with the, do it? And I guess there's like, there's a pairing mechanic and there's, there's a whole bunch of really deep mechanics in it. And so I think it will be a learning curve. And that's the thing too, of one of the reasons why I stopped playing for honor was that it was, it got to a point where at the beginning I was a beast because I had learned all the basics really quickly and I put that time in to do it. So everybody who's just trying to figure it out. I was dominating them. It actually goes back. Uh, I it, When For Honor was first coming out, I got to go to a sponsored uh, live stream event with them where I got to play in like a celeb match. So name drop here. But Aquaman, uh, Jason Momoa, I think is how you say his last name. 
anyways, I got to compete with him uh, and actually reek from Game of Thrones as well. And there was a couple of, it was, it was one of the coolest things that I ever did, but unfortunately I couldn't upload the video from it. It was one of the coolest events, coolest things that I ever got to do. But, um, you know, all the content was restricted to just the live stream. So you had to watch the live stream to see it. We couldn't post anything afterwards. And I didn't know that. So I made this whole video that was so awesome, but I couldn't end up posting it. He told me, uh, he called me a bully. Aquaman called me a bully. And it's one of my big, my proudest achievements. But anyways, we won the uh, tournament. This is, I'm just going off on a tangent here, but we won a tournament. And I got this crown from it which is on my back thing up here. I was actually, Bear, quiet down now. This isn't your podcast. We'll bring you on in a guest in a future episode. <laughs> but um, that's where this came from. And it's just something that, you know, we won the won the match or whatever. It was really cool. I don't know how many people even saw it, but something that was super fun to do. And uh, maybe one day I'll be able to post some of that stuff or see it, but. It was pretty cool, and I was super in it. Like, I loved it. We did top plays on it that were some of my most viral videos that I ever did was, like, some of the top plays, and I think I did a tips video on it and some strategy videos on it. I loved it. It was great. Put that back up there. Um, but, yeah, so I'm, that's why I'm, I'm definitely interested to see how this game's going to be. We'll try it out. J-Luck says, have you seen the trailer for the Sonic the Hedgehog? What do you think of it? That, that has been like one of the most talked about things on Twitter and social media this week. It is, uh, it's been really funny to see it all unfolding. <laughs> but it is the stupidest looking character. People are not wrong. And I've literally, I saw people even <laughs> saying that they put a filter because they don't want to hear about how stupid it is anymore. But man, is it silly looking compared to... Because it's like a real-life Sonic. It's Sonic like, you know, in the, you know how they're doing that with like the Pokemon? They're bringing those characters to life and putting them in the real world and stuff. They're doing that with Sonic. And I guess the, the latest news on it is that they're actually updated it. And now it's going to be... Or the director or somebody or the production said that they're going to go back and change the model and change how Sonic looks before the release of the movie, which is good that they could do that in post, I guess. But, um, you know, hopefully, they, because it doesn't even look like, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. It, it just looks so funny. The memes that have been coming out of that have been, they've been pretty funny. Uh, yeah. Anyways, like that question, Jay Luke. If you guys have any other questions as well, feel free to drop them down. Pipeline as well, Haram. Yes, that has been a huge thing for me that I've been incredibly busy with uh, over the last six months. We alluded to it when Snoopy or Stephen uh, Ellis joined us on the podcast a few weeks ago. That has been uh, a huge project for me that I've been working on, and um, you know, it's still coming together. I. I'm so I'm so happy though that the community that is there is like this is what I wanted to help help people with you know I I definitely I have experience with with building communities and and with a lot of you know obviously with streaming and with content creation and um it can be a lot to figure these things out and that's why it's like you know it's so much of talking with other streamers that's how, or other creators in general and any platform, but that's how you learn a lot of stuff. A lot of these events, that's how I've learned a lot of stuff and made improvements to the way that I do things. And that's what I wanted to help make that 
better and find the best way to do it. So it's a it's a community that's for streamers. It's been awesome. It's super cool to see people joining on it and, and the community there uh, coming together on everything. But and that's too, like, you know, a lot of you guys that watch my content, you're here for the content. You're here for the good vibes, the show. And that's why I made a video just kind of talking about it a little bit yesterday too is like, I'm still keeping up with all the content. I'm actually working on some process changes to hopefully make that even better. I'm always working on it. It's literally been like a two, three-year project for me. I mean, I guess it's just been over really the last year or two that I've been trying to figure out like editors specifically, but it's something that other other streamers and other creators are asking me like, how do you manage some of these processes and how did you start to do it? What have you learned from it? And so those are some of the things too that even like, I'm still trying to figure out and improve on, and we all are. It's it's a huge it's a huge thing. That's all. It's just such an early part of the industry. So, um, but it's been a ton of fun, and so yeah, and it's been fun to read all your guys' comments on that as well during the stream and everything. But you know, keep up with it. We'll still have we'll still have plenty more stuff coming, plenty more content coming as well. Caden asked, uh, is the PUBG recoil as bad as you all say? I play on console and recoil doesn't seem to be as bad as the PC blokes. I think the difference, Caden, with specifically the recoil on PUBG is that, at least on PC, the way that it works, I don't know if it's different on console. I don't know if they have a different recoil system. Sometimes they do have that. But the way the recoil works on it is it's actually not that difficult. To, to manage the full auto spray. That's why you see so many people go full auto even from range, and they still manage to do really well. But it does take time to learn, and the difference is that with the mouse, right, you have to pull down the entire time. The recoil doesn't slow down, and it doesn't stop. It is constant, and it gets worse over time. So if you want to do a spray, the first six bullets of a spray are typically pretty solid. You can do that, and it's not going to shake too much. You pull down, and you can control that. But... On the second half of the magazine, once you get to 10, 15, 30 bullets deep or even 40, the recoil starts to go crazy and you have to keep pulling down. So once you get to the bottom of your mouse pad, how do you keep controlling your recoil? And that's why some people, like you'll hear jokes of people saying are they even go on to their armrest with their recoil <laughs> because they have to keep on pulling down the whole time. Whereas a game like Apex Legends, it's literally like you could do it with just the smallest little mouse movement, even at a low sensitivity, because the recoil goes up and then it slows down and it becomes easier to control, at least for some of the guns. Um, some of them do go a little haywire. It's quick at the beginning and then it gets stable, but or even in Call of Duty as well, it's a lot less recoil. And so it's still, be, it's still hard to manage the recoil because it'll jump left to right on you, but it's not as bad pulling down and like, you know, how far sometimes you have to move your mouse, especially like, let's say you turn, you put your mouse all the way to the right side because you had to turn to a 180 and then you have to pull down from there. That's where it starts to get really awkward and why it's good to reset your mouse kind of back to the middle. So you have more control, but it could be hard to do that. Um, but yeah. All right, let me see if I had any other questions here. Borderlands playthrough, Jaden. Great question. We talked about this at the end of yesterday's live stream, actually. It is something I think we are finally going to be doing. I was kind of on the fence of it, and I even talked about this in a story. Uh, I don't remember if I posted about it on Twitter or not this week, but I did talk about it a little bit. I was like, 
I was a little hesitant because I kind of started to get into like Fallout, for example. And when I was getting into that, then they dropped it because there was super hype for their new game. And so I was like, all right, I really haven't been super into this. Let's try this one. Then I played the new Fallout. It was pretty fun, but the reason that it was fun was because I was playing with my friends and we just made jokes about how stupid the stashing system was and it just became a big joke and then we never really went back to it. So that's where I'm kind of... Uh, I was kind of hesitant to be like, well, do I really want to fully commit like 20 hours of stream time, which is like half of, it's a lot. I stream like, that's a lot of live stream time. If it, if a playthrough is going to be, even if it's 10 hours, that's like three or four dedicated live streams specifically to it. And it's like, do I really want to do that? Is it worth it versus all my other content? Because this is so different from it. Not everybody's going to be interested in it, but I think we are going to do it. I think we're going to start next week. With Acolyte and I think Tom and we'll see who else joins in. But Acolyte's played through it, so we'll see how, you know, that should speed it up. We're just going to mostly just do a playthrough of it, not necessarily go too slow through it. So it should be, I think it should be relatively speedy. So we should be able to keep it pretty entertaining throughout that too. Uh, and we're just going to do Borderlands 2. I think I'm just going to watch a video on Borderlands 1 and see like a recap of it. And then we'll do number two. Because 3 was looking cool. And the thing is... is they did have an event. People went to it. People that went to it most likely were, you know, they're at an exclusive event. They get to upload it. It's it's sponsored by a lot of people. So, you know, who knows? But damn, did it look cool? And it looked like it looked like they really enjoyed it. And it, from what I'm seeing from the community so far, of even just other players, it looks like it's something uh, of Borderlands community. I should say, uh, it seems like it's really well received. So it looks like it's something that could be fun. And right now, we were even talking about this last week when we were talking talking with Mugs. Is like, it's kind of in a, I don't know what I'm looking forward to right now, like in games that are coming out in the future. I'm mostly just looking for updates to games that are out, getting more content from that, and how we can improve on, you know, making more fun things with that. Like, if we could get custom games in Apex, that would be a dream. I'm actually working on a video of like what I want to see implemented in Apex. But um, it's been a busy week for me to say the least. But, anyways, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, we're gonna be taking a look. Plus, the demand from the audience—you guys have been so many people have requested it that I think it'll be pretty fun. Some people asking about DPI in the chat as well. I use 500 DPI. I think it's a gimmick. Any, some people have like DPI of over. Or some mouses will be like, hey, we have a DPI of 20,000 DPI. I don't even know what DPI stands for. I'm sure somebody in chat does. But it's you don't keep your DPI that high anyways. You don't want your – you want to have a lower sensitivity. If anything, I would say the polling rate is important, which I believe that is how often the sensor is being activated per second. I think like a 1,000 is the higher end of it. I think that's what this mouse has. But that's like how many times per second it checks to see where your mouse is so it's super precise. Dots per inch, chat saying. Okay. Well, that's like if you turn it up to 12,000, you even even just blow on your mouse. It will move. 20,000 or whatever. You just blow on it. It'll move the mouse. And it's like you don't need that. If you're playing like on a this super small like four inches or i don't know like 10 inches by 10 inches square and you're only using your wrist and you 
that maybe that's your only solution is to have a high DPI mouse so you can turn as much as you want to. But like my playing area is probably, I don't know, like a foot to me. Maybe two. I don't know how to even estimate it, but this is a giant freaking mouse pad that I have. It is bigger than my keyboard. Let's just put it that way. And that's how much mouse space I have. And the reason that I do that is so I can turn the sensitivity down and get more precise with my shots. And then it takes a little bit more arm movement to turn, and I try and make it so I can still do 180s and stuff like that. But it's important to do it. And some people will have a high DPI, but then if you have a high DPI, that typically just means you have to lower your in-game sensitivity more because those are the two variables. You have your mouse sensitivity and you have your in-game sensitivity. So I don't think it's a it's that crazy important. The most typical I see is between 400 and 800 at the high end. Some people go up higher, even over 1,000. But I looked at a lot of different pro sensitivities and I didn't see too many over that amount. You're going to try the new Blackout Flooded map next week, Adam asks. Great question, dude. This has been something I've been wanting to do, but it is so infuriating that the PlayStation gets it first, and I just do not have my PlayStation set up. I suck at console now. I don't want to go back to that. I just want to play it on my PC. And so by the time it comes out, it's like, oh, yeah, I've already seen all of this stuff. It's already been out for a week, two weeks, or whatever the lead time is. People have already seen all of it, and me making content on it is like, well, there's already a bunch of content on it. like, And not that many people play PC Blackout, so it's like, it's mostly console guys, especially on PlayStation, and so I'm so late to the game that I'm like, I could do it, but it also probably wouldn't be as ideal for my audience. I think I could, I think I, that's some of the stuff that I try and balance and keep in mind when I'm thinking about things, but... I do want to play it, though, just for myself. And I do kind of want to uh, try it out again. It's just kind of, I've really been enjoying Apex. I don't want to go back to learning another game again. The game has changed so much as well. There's, like, respawning on each of the waves. And um, I don't know. I just haven't really, I haven't really spent the time to get back into it. Kind of looking for just something new at this point as well. The thing, too, about Call of Duty is always, like, they refresh their game every single year. So we're going to be getting a new game in four more months with Call of Duty. I'm kind of like, eh, let's just wait till the next game at this point. But I I don't know, dude. I'm interested to see on that same note, Adam, are they going to have it so that... Are they going to have another Battle Royale in their next Call of Duty? Or are they just going to really keep supporting Black Ops 4? What are they going to do with it? I'm really intrigued to see how they handle this year. And I think we're going to find a lot of that out at E3. This is another thing I was tweeting about this week is I'm really excited to see what comes out of E3 this year. I feel like I'm, this is such, there's always been a year or it was always like, there's a new multiplayer shooter. There's a new campaign shooter. I feel like battle royales have mixed everything up so much now with Fortnite being a free game with Apex being a free game, even just releasing out of the dark. Nobody knew the game was even coming until they released it. That could be a huge shakeup now in the industry to where maybe they don't give us as much details from E3. Maybe they do. Maybe they still stick with a lot of their traditional stuff. 
are they going to be more heavily focused on battle royales this year at E3? That's uh, if you don't know, E3 is where they announce a lot of games. It's very common in the gaming industry. It's a big event in LA. Um, EA plays just before that. EA does their thing as well as Activision and all the game developers, Ubisoft. It's oftentimes when they announce their games that are going to be coming for the end of the year around Christmas and what people can expect. So, oh, It's going to be interesting. You ever think about doing a mouse cam, Keith S. asks? I have thought about it. I tried it once. I set it up actually in a supporter exclusive stream that I did similar to this one. <laughs> um, but it kind of seemed to take away from the attention of the game and it kind of seemed to just be a distraction. So I never went back to it. I think if anything, I, I and I've, I've been toying with this. I, I've been thinking about it or maybe like I can make it work with, you know, maybe if, um, I don't know. We'll see how, like how I can incorporate it. But, Maybe it's something that I do like once a month or every other month. Like we do a game where I do a hand cam game, something like that, where it's like it's just something a little different for the day rather than being something that I always do just because I feel like it kind of takes away a little bit sometimes. Especially because like my gameplay is pretty good. Uh, you know, I'd say I'm above average player. I have some really good games as well. But a lot of the stuff I just make stupid decisions just for fun for some content like my one hp tag pickup yesterday if you saw that clip i posted on instagram it's like that's a stupid play but you know if you do it and you act like a boss when you're doing it then you get some views baby you know what else we got here let me go through a couple more of the questions that have been coming through Do I still use beard oils? I do. Occasionally. Trying to, uh, you know, maintain my uh, physical appearance as much as I can, especially because I'm on camera a lot. Not something, uh, you know, by being on camera, actually, I feel like I'm, I need to be more responsible with, like, other things. I feel like it's a good incentive because I'm on camera that, like, I I do more things to be more presentable. Although, the fact that I even grew my beard in the first place was kind of, uh... The only reason I did it was because I quit my actual job. I was working in finance, and it's not very typical to see... It's usually, you know, pretty clean-shaven or something that's pretty clean. So, for me to just be growing a beard out, it's kind of... Not that there was anything wrong with it or against it, but it's just not super common. So when I quit my job, I was like, F it, let's grow it out. And it was pretty raggedy for a long time, but then I grew it super long so I could trim it back a little bit and that'd be where, where it's at now, you feel. I'm sure everybody listening is getting a good understanding of what my beard looks like. You could see it on my Instagram page if you want to see a photo of me. Jared, do I have any tattoos? I don't. I'm not opposed to them. Just haven't thought of anything that I would necessarily want to get a tattoo on. I really, I would love to get a some type of mountain tattoo, if anything. And I've toyed with the idea before, but 
haven't really uh never really pursued it or anything. I have a good friend that's a tattoo artist, buddy that also streams, and I you know I love seeing he posts all his photos of his tattoos and stuff, and I love seeing them. It's super cool. Get a little bear tattoo. I mean, that's a great, great, great option, dude. Little bear. Uh, he's already he's sleeping. He doesn't even care. All right, let me see if we had any other questions here, and then we'll wrap it up. We're coming up on a half an hour here, which is about perfect. Nice Friday morning. How do you feel about Apex? Is it the easiest battle royale to win in Carlos? Great question. Carlos C out here. Because this I feel like is something that I see all the time from people. They're like, this game, this this game's too easy. Um, and I think a lot of you guys would agree that it's not very easy to win. <laughs> and uh I think part of it is just like there's there's a lot of elements that go into it that make it seem like it's easier. One of the things is how fast the games are. You can have entire games that are literally... We had a game the other day that was 10 minutes something long. Maybe 11 minutes something for a Battle Royale, which if you compare to Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, I had a game that was literally... I think it was a 40-minute game. And... Or maybe it was maybe it was 35 minutes, 30 minutes. But literally at... And we posted the video, and I had a little teaser at the front of the video. It was my uh, insane clutch return to pu return to Aaron Gale video. It was one of my greatest PUBG videos that I've uploaded. I think, in terms of gameplay quality, but at the end, we showed like a little teaser at the end when I almost died. And then we cut back thirty minutes before, thirty minutes earlier. I put that we put we put that in. It was literally 30 minutes earlier that we dropped into the map. It's a long ass game to play that. On top of that, between games is it takes like 2 minutes to queue. Once you get into the game, it takes like 30 seconds to load. Then it's another full minute countdown where you just run around and do nothing. You have to take the plane ride in. You could take a parachute and you could stay in that parachute for another full 5 minutes before you even touch the ground. There's so much downtime in that game. Versus, you could get like five Apex games into that same period to where if I'm playing five times the amount of games in one day, that's how like two days, or the other day we had nine wins in a day. Then we had seven wins or eight wins in a day. You know, like a four-hour live stream, which is not that long to be playing, but we are putting in like five times the amount of games during that period of time. It's kind of hard because then, you know, it's not as long of a story. It's not as fulfilling of a story to follow. In terms of you know the stream and the content, but that's why I think it feels easier, as well as it's a much more similar to PUBG. It's a very or same with Fortnite. It's same with a lot of these. It's a very skill based game in that, especially in Apex, it's the skill is aiming and movement. If you can master those two things, you could you could come out. Not always, but a lot of times you can come out on top. Similar to Fortnite, which is a game that is a building battle royale, if you become extremely skilled at building, you'll be able to win almost like far superior to whereas if you 
just try and really rely on shooting, which is based on bloom and is inaccurate. So, you know, it's kind of finding that balance uh, with it. And that's why I think it's, it's a little easier on this sense because for us, the balance is the, especially the guys that I play with, we have incredible, we have good aim, right? That's we have enough time in the game as well in battle royales for good decision making, knowing when to push on a team that's hurt, avoiding third parties, being the third party. And you know, you you know the exact recoil patterns. Literally, the recoil patterns in Apex are the exact same for the guns every time you shoot them. It's something I talked about on my tips video in the first week the game came out. The recoil patterns are always the exact same. So you could learn that recoil pattern and be nearly 100% accurate with guns. That's why so many people say, like, how do you have no recoil on your guns? Well, it's just you know how to control the recoil. It's similar to where, you know, if you become a master of doing 90s or anything like that. You join in Darkness on the St. Jude Charity Stream, Aaron asks. Uh, I did do one with him last year. That was incredible. We ended up raising an insane uh, tens of thousands of dollars for charity. And I think he's involved with Guardian Con, which is a super awesome uh, organization. They raise money for St. Jude's um, through the games. And I know like the Destiny community and all of that stuff, but um, I have not heard anything necessarily recently about it. I know, actually, big shouts to Dimes on Facebook. He just did a charity stream yesterday, literally raised, I think it was twelve over $12,000. I saw him tweet about it. I, I think I was live at the time, so I didn't get a chance to see it for uh, autism research, and it was one of the, it's, you know, it's one of the coolest things that I see being done for sure. Um, I do want to try and get involved in some more charity streams and doing some more stuff like that. Um, for sure, though. Demoniac asks, are there any streamers you haven't played with but would like to? I think the one that I get the requested the most that I, would, that I haven't played with that I would like to, as well as I would just like to in general, is probably Shroud. Um... He's just, you know, I've learned a lot from watching his gameplay. And he's, you know, just a good player. That's it's just always impressive to watch. I think, um, you know, it'd probably be pretty fun to play with Dr. Disrespect as well. He's such a character that that'd be interesting. Um, but there's tons of, there's tons of great guys out there that, uh, I try and branch off and play with whenever I can and, you know, try and keep it all entertaining for the show and everything. But it's not, you know, it's just kind of, we'll see what happens with it. Let's see if we have any other last questions here. What changes would I like to see to Apex, Brandon? Stay tuned, dude. I'm going to do a whole video talking about that. I have some I have some content ready. There's one thing that I needed to add to that video that literally somebody in the chat reminded me of something that I had talked about a lot in the past 
but I didn't have included in this list. So I need to go figure out how I can put that in. I might have to do like a, a yeah, Tim the Tap Man too. He's awesome. He's awesome. That would be great as well. Um, I know he plays a lot of Fortnite though. I don't really play much of it. I actually do watch a lot of Fortnite for the very little amount that I do play. I love watching the the people at the top of that. Tifu is just such an insane player to see that level of gameplay is incredible as well. I mean, there's so many great players, but obviously um, one of the things that makes him a little unique too, is that he actually plays with his keyboard completely vertical. Few people do do this, but literally vertical, like I, the opposite, ninety degrees of what everybody else uses is how he uses his keyboard, and so it makes it easier to use the thumb to hit a lot of keys that you normally wouldn't. Right? It makes it a little more awkward to hit some things, but now the thumb is just freed up to push so many buttons. It's a great, it's a great way to play, but it's so. Oh, it's it's mind blowing. So I like to watch that. It's fun. But some of those guys too, they're pretty fun. What else we got? What else we got here? I'm just kind of doing this one live today with the questions from all you beautiful people. Let's see. Reading through some of these. Some of these we talked about already. Some of these I talked about in previous shows. Let's do one more. Um, What do you got for me, chat? What brought you to streaming? We talked about that a lot. Changes to Apex. Apex doing a map update. I'm kind of going to talk about that in my future video. Late night streams. I mostly don't do late night because I end my day at 5 when the uh, wife comes home. It just doesn't really work for my schedule that much. I've considered it, but... All right. I think I like this one the best. Yeah, we talked about Borderlands 3. Um, I don't remember the last time I necessarily talked about this. So, And there's been an update, so I think this might be good. 
what's my go current go-to loadout in Apex? Now that they made some of the changes to it. I you know, it really hasn't changed all that much. I think it's the only thing that's really changed is it brought up my favor of the 301 as well as my favor of the longbow. The 301 has always been good, but the fact that they made the Spitfire worse in essence slightly makes the 301 better. So that gun has been my one of my primary go-tos and using that longer range combo has been great. That or the R99 with the Peacekeeper something close range. The way that I even use the sniper rifle is not in a long range optic way. Use the uh, the longbow with a 2x or a 1x and it's still completely about applying pressure. More so you apply pressure with the longbow from a medium range and then you can dive on them with your team uh, with your double close range setup afterwards. That's It's just such a staple in terms of the game's gameplay right now, especially like if you're fighting a good team, if you pounce on them in that way and they have some other longer range combo or they aren't ready, you drop one of them immediately. Now you have a 2-3 lead. You have an advantage on them and you'll be able to clean up even the best teams. And sometimes they'll be able to beat you, but you know, it's often it's it's an ideal strategy. You won't get as much damage done because if you're from range, just long bowing them or whatever, they're gonna keep healing. It's so fast to heal in this game that you'll just heal, especially if there's a lifeline. You'll get more damage done that way, but you can just pounce on people so much easier with a double gun that that's still pretty much preferred. Not too much on that front has changed. So those are those are my top guns. R99 for sure. The thing with like Prowler is it requires Prowler Havoc. It requires having the variable. It requires having the turbocharger. Whereas the other guns don't need that. And they're still just as good. So that's why I don't take those as often unless I get the setup for it. Um, But yeah, that's kind of my current go-tos. 301, 99, Longbow, Peacekeeper can make arguments for the EVA instead of the Peacekeeper. You can make arguments for even still using the Spitfire with a giant magazine. But to me, those are some of the best guns for the variety of ways that you can use them and comboing them together. Um, just the ease of use. Like, you can argue for the Hemlock single fire as well, but if you could just take a 301 fully kitted instead, then... You know, you'll you don't even have to worry about having a fast trigger finger. Especially we were even playing with somebody on console this week who wasn't didn't have the fastest trigger finger. And he said, you know, it can be hard to pull the trigger that many times because it is a deeper thing, even with the quick thing. That one lets you pull the trigger halfway. Still, he was having trouble shooting it as fast. And I'm sure there's people that are great out there on it, but why not spend that extra mental capacity worrying about your aim? than trying to trigger finger, whatever it might be. So those are kind of my top picks right now, per se. Anyways, we're going to wrap it up there. Appreciate you guys tuning in, listening in for a solo show, though, as well as hanging out live, giving me some questions. Appreciate it. A little different than the standard format, but I wanted to give the chance to do this 
as this is kind of where the show started out. And then it changed formats. And it still is going to continue shifting. And I think every week we might even change that up. But wanted to at least have this out there too. So I really hope you guys enjoyed. We'll be back with the streams. As always, one later today, every single weekday, got them popping. 12 to 1 Pacific times, typically when I start. Let's just call it noon Pacific time. And then Saturday mornings. Hope to see you guys in Saturday morning. Tomorrow morning, I don't know what we're going to do yet. It might be some community games. It might be... Uh, who knows? Might be something else. But if you do enjoy the podcast, do enjoy all of this, highly recommend or I'd definitely appreciate it if you went over to the uh, iTunes or wherever you might be listening to it. Give it a review. Really helps it show up on some of the stuff there with discoverability. It's it's very uh, beneficial for the show. And I also post these over on my YouTube channel, Stone Mountain Plays, which now it's kind of shifting because I'm doing these podcasts there as well. I feel like this doesn't quite fit with my main channel content, so that's why I've been putting it there. But it's been fun. Talked about a lot of stuff today. Hope you guys enjoyed. And I'll see you in the streams. That's for this one. Stone Mountain 64. Over and out.